up, good people? Happy Monday. I hope you guys had a great weekend. Uh, international break ended last week, like I think Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, so we were back to club football this week. Um, you know, it's always nice, you know, to have a little international break. But that being the final one of 2020 was good. Um, now we can focus on, you know, the leagues and like the... I don't think any of them are really going to... I have to look at schedules. I haven't really been paying attention. But, you know, normally at least in Europe, um, the halfway point in the season is usually right before New Year's. I got to look at the schedule because I don't know if that's going to happen um, this year because, you know, everything got kind of pushed. And I need to look that up, to be honest with you, because that's something that I probably should know, but I don't. Um, but yeah, it's a good international breaks out of the way. I don't think we'll have another one until either February or March. And um, I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I'm really excited uh, there's only about six more weeks left of, uh, 2020 and, you know, not that 2021 is not going to suck in the beginning. Cause you know, the same stuff is just going to carry over, but you know, I kind of see like a little bit of light I don't want to say at the end of a tunnel, but, um, I'm just a little bit more optimistic about, you know, stuff moving forward, especially after, you know, um, how crappy this year has been, um, you know, I can't really complain. I mean, I, I had to move from Germany to, to Texas, uh, but I had my family with me. You know, there's a lot of people that, you know, have lost their job. They've had family members pass away. Um, so I'm, I'm fortunate. Um, but, you know, I, I want things to kind of go back to the way that they were, or at least, at least as close to the way that they were um, prior to uh, 2020, you know, just going downhill the way that it has been. So um, I'm looking forward. I'm going into 2021 optimistic. I mean, I could say the same thing. I, I did the same thing going into 2020 because um, I knew I was going to be starting a new job and everything. Um, so I was really, really optimistic about 2020. And then all of a sudden it just sort of, I don't know. I don't think anybody could have predicted anything that happened um, this year. But, uh, you know, moving forward, hopefully things will will be better for all of us. And hopefully, you know things will be safer. We'll be able to, I think the masks are going to be here to stay for a while. I think, you know, maybe 2022 is when we'll probably stop wearing the mask for sure. At least, you know, like wide groups of people, but, uh, I don't know. I'm a little, I'm optimistic. I guess I'm, I'm always a little optimistic. I guess we'll see, you know, I, I guess it, it can't really get any worse, even though it could, but you know, we're so used to what's been going on now that, you know, any, any positive change, it's going to be great for, for all of us. So, um, yeah, that's my little thing. I don't know how I transitioned from talking about the international break to going into that, but whatever international break is over. But, um, since the last time I talked to you guys, there were some matches that I got to go over before I get into the club stuff. Um, so the UEFA nations league, um, they had match day six and there were still some games last Wednesday. Um, we had Bosnia and Herzegovina, Zero, Italy two, Poland one, the Netherlands two, Belgium four, Denmark two, England beat Iceland four to zero, Austria and Norway played to a one one draw, uh, Northern Ireland and Romania also played to a one one draw, the Czech Republic two, Slovakia zero. Those two used to be one country, it used to be Czechoslovakia. Um, for all you young people that don't know that, there was one country up until maybe like what 20, 30 years ago. Um, let's see, Israel 1, Scotland 0, 
Serbia 5, Russia 0. Hungary beat Turkey 2-0. Uh, the Republic of Ireland and Bulgaria play to a 0-0 draw. Wales 3, Finland 1. Armenia 1, North Macedonia 0. Estonia and Georgia played to a 0-0 draw, as did Greece and Slovenia. Kosovo 1, Moldova 0. Kazakhstan 1, Lithuania 2. And Albania 3, Belarus 2. Alright, so I'm not going to completely cover the standings again. I'll just go over the group leaders or the winners. Uh, let's see. Um, group A1, we had Italy. Group A2, we had Belgium. Group A3 was France. And then Group A4 was Spain. Those four will meet to play in the UEFA Nations League final or semifinals and then the finals. But those are the final four teams. Um, the rest of the teams are just playing for, you know, promotion or relegation. I know the UEFA Nations League is really, really, really complicated. But I promise that uh, in the future I will break it down once I have a better understanding of it. Um, but when you look at the heart of it, it actually is a, a solid tournament, I guess. It's just kind of weird the way that UEFA sort of threw it together. Let's see. Uh, Group B1, we got Austria. Group B2 is Czech Republic. Group B3 is Hungary. And Group B4 is Wales. Group C1, Montenegro. C2, Armenia. C3, Slovenia. And then C4 was Albania. Group D1, the Faroe Islands. And Group D2, which only had three teams in it, uh, Gibraltar won that group. So, as I mentioned, the the finals for the Nations League will be next year. Um, the final four teams are going to be Italy, Belgium, uh, France, and Spain. And then from those lower groups, you know, B1 to B4 and then C1 to C4, they're going to be playing um, relegation and promotion to try to get up into the next league, whether it's A or B or C for the D teams. Uh, yeah, like I said, it's, it's really, really, really complicated. But like I said, Italy, Belgium, France, Spain, those two, those four teams will be playing for the trophy, which Portugal won in the last iteration of it. All the rest of the teams will be either playing for promotion or relegation or for nothing at all. Um, let's see. Conmebol World Cup qualifying. Uh, this was last Tuesday. Um, so let's see. We had Ecuador 6, Colombia 1, Venezuela 2, Chile 1, Paraguay and Bolivia played to a 2-2 draw, Uruguay lost to Brazil 2-0, and Peru lost to Argentina 2-0. So after match day 3, um, the Common Bowl World Cup qualifying table looks like this. Brazil's on top with uh, 12 points. Uh, let's see, Argentina is in, excuse me, this is match day 4. So Brazil has not lost. They got 12 points. Argentina is in second with 10 points. Ecuador is in third with nine. Paraguay is in fourth with six. Uruguay is in fifth with six. Chile and Colombia both have four. And then the bottom is Venezuela with three points. And then Peru and Bolivia both have one point each. So now um, I'm done talking about national teams for a while. We've got a couple of months at least. Um, now on to the club stuff. It's always kind of weird when teams transition back. You know, players have been... It, it's it, The transition, I guess, is weird for both. It's weird when they go from playing with their club team for a while and then they have to go back to their national team. And, you know, you have players that are playing in different leagues, players that are com on completely different teams, players that don't see each other except when they get called up to the national team. And then imagine 
you have players that are consistently on their national teams. And then you have players that just get brought in that are like brand new. It's their first cap, which a lot of that is kind of what happened to the U.S. and the German team. Um, these last two competitions. I mean, that's got to be difficult. That has to be extremely difficult. And then you're together with each other for like 10 days or, you know, 12 days. And then you have to go back to your club team. Just it just seems like it's it's really weird. I, I enjoy it. I think the life of a football player that's at that level that, you know, gets called up to their national team. And typically those people are playing at a higher level. They're playing at, you know, big clubs, whether they're in Europe, um, South America, wherever, Asia. Those players are that that kind of lifestyle. Is just, it just it's always kind of interests me. You know, one day you're playing for Atletico Madrid and then the next day you're playing for France or for Argentina or whatever. And you just have to constantly travel back and forth. You know, you may your, your coaches schemes or tactics are going to be completely different. I mean, there's the possibility that you may be playing in a, a completely different position or a different side of the field. Um, you know, if you're playing on uh, if you're a forward or, you know, midfielder or whatever. And those players on your club team, they know you better than some of the players on your national team. They know how you like your ball service. They, that sounded weird. They know how you like to receive the ball. That didn't sound much better. <laughs> they, they know exactly how you, you know, expect passes to come to you. They, they know how your positioning is going to be. And then you go to your national team and you have only a little bit of time to, to gel with these guys. You know, during the you know World Cups or Continental Championships, you have a little bit more time. Um, but it's still got to be extremely difficult. And um, I don't know, that, that's just always been something that's kind of fascinating to me. That's why when I got to watch that uh, Netflix or no, excuse me, it was Amazon Prime series about uh, the Brazil national team. That was kind of cool to see. That was during a Copa America, though. They were together probably for like three to four weeks. Um, and you just got to see how they how they did the whole thing, how they kind of gelled, how they met up, you know. And uh, I don't know. I just always kind of appreciated that. I don't think you're going to get that just during a quick international break that's not during the summer, you know, whether it's continental or World Cup level. But if you're just with your team for 14 days, and <laughs> I don't think that's enough time to, to really gel with people. Now, granted, this time of year, you have the September, October, November international breaks. Um, maybe that helps a little bit if you get called up every single time and the same players or at least the core group gets called up every single time. Uh, but then you have to factor in injuries and, you know, whatever else could happen. Maybe a coach wants to test out something new, you know, so it, it could just throw off the chemistry completely. But who knows? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Oh, sorry. Bumped my little desk here. All right. <clears throat> on to the club teams. Um, moving on to France. Ligue 1, match day 11. Now... <laughs> I talked about watching a little bit more of the French League and, you know, watching like PSG play. Now, this was a great game if you were neutral or if you were a Monaco fan. I mean, PSG was up two to zero and I was like, yeah, all right, cool. That, that game is pretty much over. And then when I got the alert that the game ended and, you know, PSG lost three to two, I was I was shocked. I couldn't believe that. Now, Monaco, you know, they've been through a lot lately. So Nico Kovac who was at Bayern is now their coach and you know keep in mind they had Thierry Henry as their coach like not too long ago so they've just kind of been through a whole lot and uh to get a, a win like that yes they were playing in Monaco but still over the presumptive champions of France 
I mean, that was a, that was a big match. But like I said, Monaco three, Paris Saint Germain two. Uh, then we have Rene zero, Bordeaux one. Uh, the match between Marseille and Nice was postponed. Still don't know why. Um, Brest four, Saint Etienne one. And the matches for yesterday, we had uh, Nantes one, Metz one. Dijon, zero, Lens, one, Montpellier, four, Strasbourg, three, Rem, zero, Nem, one, Angers, zero, Lyon, one, and then Lille beat FC Lorient, four to zero. So the table has changed just slightly. Uh, PSG wasn't able to extend their lead, um, but they're on top after 11 match days. Um, PSG's on top 24 points, followed by Lille with 22. Lyon, Montpellier, and Monaco, in that order, all have 20 points. And then Marseille is sitting in sixth, but they have two games in hand. So um, if they were to win both of those, they'd be sitting you know, tied for the, the top of the table with uh, PSG. Bottom of the table, you got FC Lorient in 18th with 8 points, Strasbourg is in 19th with 6 points, and then Dijon is on the bottom with 4 points. Um, my match of the week for match day 12 coming up, I got Saint Etienne versus Lille. You know, I kind of got a little soft spot in my heart for Lille because that's where Timothy Weah plays. Um, we'll see if I watch that match or not, but uh, that should be, to me, that'll be like a, a good game for the neutrals. Um, right now, Kylian Mbappe is leading Ligue 1. Um, in goal scoring, he's got nine goals on the season so far. All right, moving on to Spain, La Liga, match day 10. On Friday, Osasuna and Huesca played to a 1-1 draw. On Saturday, Levante and Elche played to a 1-1 draw, as did Villarreal and Real Madrid, 1-1. Uh, Sevilla, 4, Celta Vigo, 2. And then Atletico Madrid defeated Barcelona, 1-0. Yesterday, we had Ibar and Getafe play to a 0-0 draw. Cadez, 0, Real Sociedad, 1. Granada, 1, Real Valladolid, 3. And Alaves and Valencia play to a 2-2 draw. And the match that just ended um, today, we had Athletic Club, 4, Real Betis, 0. Now, La Liga is kind of all over the place. You have teams that need to catch up. You know, they've had, like, you know, games get pushed or whatever. So there's some teams that have played 10 matches, some that have only played, like, 8. It's, it's all over the place. But right now, after match day 10, sitting on top with 23 points is Real Sociedad, followed by Atletico Madrid with 20 points, but they've only played 8 matches. In third place, we got Villarreal with 19 points. In fourth, uh, we got Real Madrid with 17 points, but they've only played 9 matches. Cadez is in 5th with 14 points. Granada is in 6th with 14, but they've only played 9 matches. Bottom of the table, we got Levante in 18th with 7 points, but they have a game in hand. They've only played 9. Uh, Huesca is in 19th with 7 points. And then Celta Vigo is at the bottom of the table, also with 7 points. Um, my match of the week, we got 1st uh, place Real Sociedad hosting 3rd place Villarreal. Uh, the current goal leader is, I'm going to butcher this name. He's from uh, Real Sociedad. It's Miguel Oyazabal. He's got six goals. I know I destroyed that name. All right, uh, moving on to Italy and Syria, match day eight. 
uh, Saturday, uh, we had Crotone 0, Lazio 2. Spezia and Atalanta played to a 0-0 draw. And then Juventus 2, Caligari 0. I watched that game. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo scored both of their goals. That dude is doesn't seem to be getting any older. <laughs> he seems like he's just, I don't know. He, he seems like he's Ronaldo from like 2010. You know, I mean, this dude is just, he scored this one goal. I mean, yes, it was, it was kind of, he was right in front of the goal, kind of off to the left. It was like a weird kind of cross that came in, bounced off of a couple of people. And the ball was like behind him, but somehow he like reached back and kicked it. I mean, it, it was just ridiculous. Like to see that, I mean, it, it, it was just ridiculous, but he's Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, I was like jumping up and down and I'm, I don't like Juventus. They're not, I don't like really follow Italian football like that. I like to watch it, but I don't have like a team or anything like that. But to see anybody score a goal like that was pretty amazing. And I think I kind of scared my wife a little bit. She was sitting on the couch next to me while I was watching it. And I just like jumped up and because it was ridiculous. It was a ridiculous goal to score. And he did it with, with ease. He made it look super, super easy. Um, yeah. All right, let's see. Sunday, yesterday, we had a Fiorentina 0, Benevento 1, Inter 4, Torino 2, Roma 3, Parma 0, Bologna beat Sampdoria one, uh, 2 to 1, Hellas Verona 0, Sassuolo 2, Udinese defeated Genoa 1 to 0, and AC Milan beat Napoli 3 to 1. So, right now, the table uh, after match day 8, we got AC Milan on top with 20 points. Sassuolo's in second with 18. Roma's in third with 17 points. Juventus is in fourth with 16. Inter is in fifth with 15. And then Napoli is in sixth with 14 points. Bottom of the table, we got Torino in 18th with five points. Genoa also, uh, excuse me. Yeah, also has five points there in 19th. And then last, we got Crotone with two points. This week, we got Napoli hosting Roma. That's my game of the week. Um... I'll probably watch that one. I haven't watched a, a Napoli match in a really, really long time. Um, right now, the goal leaders in Serie A, two familiar names, two old guys. You got Cristiano Ronaldo from Juventus with eight, and Zlatan Ibrahimovic from AC Milan also with eight. Now, Zlatan also had a had a big uh, a big game this week. I think he also scored two, just like Ronaldo did. But I didn't get to, I didn't see any of the highlights from that game at all. All right, uh, moving on to England in the Premier League match day nine. Saturday we had uh, Chelsea beat Newcastle two to zero. Brighton Hove Albion defeated Aston Villa two to one. Tottenham beat Man City two to one, and then Manchester United beat West Brom one to zero. Yesterday we had Fulham two, Everton three. Sheffield United 0, West Ham 1. Leeds and Arsenal played to a 0-0 draw. I think Leeds probably should have won that game. Uh, Pepe got sent off for doing something stupid. And, you know, so they were playing with 10 men. And, I don't know, Arsenal, they just did what they had to do in order to get out of there with a point. Playing on the road, you go down a man. and They just did what they did. Uh, and then we had Liverpool 3, Leicester City 0. Um, and today, Burnley won, Crystal Palace 0, and then Wolves and Southampton played to a 1-1 draw. All right, so uh, Premier League table after match day 9. We got Tottenham, Hotspur, 
and Liverpool one and two, both with 20 points. Three and four, we got Chelsea and Leicester City, both with 18. Southampton is in fifth with 17, and then Everton is in sixth with 16. Bottom of the table, we got Fulham in 18th with four points, and then West Brom in 19th with three, and then lowly Sheffield United at the bottom of the table with one point. So my games of the week coming up, I got Everton hosting Leeds, and then Chelsea Tottenham. Those both should be good games. Hopefully they're not <laughs> taking place at the same time. But honestly, I think if I'm going to, if I, if I had to pick, I'm going to take the Everton and Leeds game simply because I haven't seen Jaime Rodriguez play so far. I haven't actually watched any Everton matches um, this season. So, uh, yeah. Plus, I don't like Chelsea and Tottenham. I don't like those London teams, uh, except for Arsenal. All right. Um, right now, Premier League goal leader, uh, Dominic Calvin Lewin from Everton. He has 10 goals right now in the Premier League. All right, um, I've been kind of neglecting some of the other leagues within Europe, particularly the Portuguese league and the Dutch league, and even the Belgian league a little bit too. But right now, in the Dutch league, they're up to match day nine. I'm not going to go through any of the scores because some of the names I will destroy, and I'm sure some of you guys don't even know some of the names of these teams. But right now, well, I guess I'll I'll give you nine of them. <laughs> uh, the Eredivisie table after match day nine, we got Ajax sitting on top with 24 points. Uh, Vitesse probably said that wrong, uh, in second with 22 points. Feyenoord's in third with 21 points. PSV is in fourth with 20. Uh, Twente is in fifth with 18 points. And then Heronveen is in sixth with 17. Uh, bottom of the table, we got Den Haag in 16th with four points. In 17th, we got Emin with three points. And then last in the league, we got Fortuna Sittard with three points. Um, the goal leader right now is... Uh, Steven Berghaus, Berghuis, from Feyenoord, he's got nine goals. All right, Bundesliga. So Saturday we had Borussia Mönchengladbach and Augsburg play to a 1-1 draw. Armenia Bielefeld lost to Bayer Leverkusen 2-1. Bayern Munich was held to a draw, 1-1 by Werder Bremen. Schalke 0, Wolfsburg 2. Uh, the match I talked about last week, Hoffenheim 3, VFB Stuttgart 3. I can't really complain about this match because, you know, Stuttgart's playing on the road. Hoffenheim is not a terrible team. Stuttgart was down 3-2, to two, and then they scored in the 90-plus extra time. It's actually 90-plus 3. They scored to, to get out of there with a point, which I will take. Right now, they're, they're at 11 points right now, which is great. Um... Because, you know, they would have been, I, I don't know. I don't know. They're, they're, they're doing okay. They're, they're doing okay. Like I said, the goal is to get to 40. As long as we can get to 40, we won't, we'll still be in the Bundesliga next season. That's, that's what we're hoping for. All right, Eintracht Frankfurt and RB Leipzig played a 1-1 draw. And then Borussia Dortmund, with the help of Erling Haaland, destroyed Hertha Berlin 5-2. Haaland had a hat trick in that game. And I watched some of that and. The kid is just ridiculous. I mean, he's he's just he's special. He's, he's special. Uh, yesterday we had Freiburg one, Mainz three, and then Cologne one, Union Berlin two. So the Bundesliga table right now after eighteen or excuse me after match day eight, we got Bayern Munich on top with nineteen points, followed by Borussia Dortmund and Bayer Leverkusen both with eighteen. RB Leipzig's in fourth with seventeen points. Union Berlin is in fifth with fifteen, and then Wolfsburg's in sixth with fourteen. 
VFB Stuttgart is in eighth with 11 points. Bottom of the table, uh, we got in 16th, Armenia Bielefeld with four points, and then Cologne and Schalke both have three points. Notable matches, I only got one for uh, the next match day. VFB Stuttgart hosting Bayern Munich, the Sud Derby. I'm, I'm going to make a bold prediction. <laughs> and I'm going to say Stuttgart is going to hold Bayern. I'm going to say Stuttgart is going to hold Bayern 2-2. 2-2. I'm calling it right now. 2-2. I will definitely be watching that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And hopefully I won't be crying on here next week if Bayern somehow manages to win that game. Right now in the Bundesliga, the current goal leader is Robert Lewandowski from Bayern Munich. He has 11 goals. All right, uh, moving back here to the United States. MLS playoffs have begun. Last Friday, they had the knockout round. It's kind of like a play-in game. Um, so we had the New England Revolution defeat the Montreal Impact 2-1. to And then Nashville SC 3, Inter Miami 0. So the round of 16... On Saturday, we had Orlando City and NYCFC. I, I just knew NYCFC was going to win this match with no problems. Damn, I was wrong. It went to penalties, and Orlando ended up winning penalties 6-5. to five. Columbus Crew 3, New York Red Bulls 2. So I guess that was a little bit of a consolation. The Red Bulls got knocked out as well, because I would have been upset if NYCFC... <laughs> would have lost and the Red Bulls got to continue on okay so we had Sporting KC and San Jose Earthquakes play to a 3-3 draw in you know regular time went to penalties and Sporting KC won 3-0 uh, Minnesota United 3 the Colorado Rapids 0 and then the Portland Timbers hosted FC Dallas that game also ended 1-1 in regular time went to penalties and Dallas won 8-7 on penalties which is pretty wild. So tomorrow we got Toronto hosting Nashville, Philadelphia Union hosting the um, New York or excuse me New England Revolution, and then the Seattle Sounders hosting LAFC. So right now it's the conference semifinals. We have Orlando City waiting for their their next opponent. The Columbus Crew also waiting for their next opponent. Uh, Sporting KC will be hosting Minnesota United, and then FC Dallas is waiting for their next opponent. Um, all right, moving on to, or excuse me, back to Europe, to the UEFA Champions League. We got matches tomorrow and Wednesday. Um, let's see, we got tomorrow, Krasnodar hosting Sevilla, Rene hosting Chelsea, Lazio versus Zenit, Borussia Dortmund versus Club Brugge, uh, Dynamo Kiev hosting Barcelona, Juventus hosting Ferran Carlos, Manchester United playing Istanbul Başakir, and then Paris Saint-Germain hosting RB Leipzig. Wednesday, Atletico Madrid versus Lokomotiv Moscow, Bayern Munich hosting Salzburg, Borussia Mönchengladbach hosting Shakhtar Donetsk, Inter versus Real Madrid, Olympiacos hosting Manchester City, Marseille versus Porto, Ajax versus Miktiglan, and then Liverpool Atalanta. So uh, I didn't put any matches on here for the Europa League, but you know there's going to be plenty, plenty of matches going on for the Europa League on Thursday. So I'm going to take a quick break, 
and I will be right back. All right, welcome back, y'all. All right, so I've been doing this thing. You guys have heard it for the last couple of weeks where I've been breaking down um, a different confederation. This week, it is now Comibol's turn. Um, so Comibol is actually the Confederación Sudamericana de Football, um, but it's <laughs> they shorten that to Comibol. Um, there's 10 members, Argentina, Bolivia, Brazil, Chile, Colombia, Ecuador, Paraguay, Peru, Uruguay, and Venezuela. Um, it was founded July 9th, 1916. Um, the current competitions, national teams, they have the Copa America. It started in 1916 and was initially called the South American Football Championship up until 1975. Unlike the other continental tournaments, um, there is no qualification because there's only 10 teams um, within CONMEBOL. And that causes a little bit of a problem because, I mean, you could have like, you know, odd groups or whatever, but they circumvent this by typically inviting at least two other teams from outside the Confederation. This has happened since 1993. Um, like I said, typically it's been two teams. Sometimes it's been, you know, four teams um, in the upcoming version, uh, both Australia and Qatar are invited. Um, in the 2016 version, it was the 100th anniversary of the Copa America, so um, six teams from CONCACAF were invited. Mexico, Costa Rica, Jamaica, Haiti, Panama, and the U.S. were the hosts. Um, no teams that have ever been invited to it have ever won the Copa America, um, but Mexico was a runners-up in 1993 and 2001. Ecuador and Venezuela are the only teams from Common Bowl to have not won the Copa. Um, the breakdown, though, so far, Uruguay is the most successful team in the competition. Uh, they've won it 15 times. Argentina has won it 14. Brazil, 9. Paraguay, Chile, and Peru, twice. And Colombia and Bolivia, once. And right now, Brazil are the current, um, the current champions. They won it back in... 2019. Now, the tournament is kind of weird because it's now it's going to be held every four years. Um, at least that's how it was supposed to be, starting with the 2020 version. COVID messed that up, so it'll be played in 2021 and then again in 2024. It, it, they did that to sync it up with the Euros. All right, for club teams, there is the Copa Libertadores, um, it's the premier club competition. And in my opinion, it's only second to the UEFA Champions League. Uh, the group stage consists of 32 teams in eight groups. The top two teams from each group advance to the knockout stage, and the third place team um, moves to the knockout stages of the Copa Sudamericana. The knockout stage consists of a home and away match, with the away goals rule applying. Um, up until recently, the final was played over two legs, but they changed that back in the 2018 Copa. I think the last time was when, was it Boca Juniors and River Plate played in the Super Classico, um, and it was just, it was like a mess. Like the, I think one of the legs had to get like postponed or ended early because of fan violence. It was just, it was just crazy. So it's just better to have, kind of do it like UEFA, have a one-off final in a neutral city 
just makes it easier for everybody else. All right, um, let's see. Independiente from Argentina is the most successful team. They've won it seven times. And Flamengo from Brazil, they're the current champions. And the winners of the tournament represent Common Bowl in the annual FIFA Club World Cup. And um, they play against the winners in the Copa Sudamericana in the Recopa Sudamericana. So the Copa Sudamericana, it's like the second tier. It's kind of like the Europa League, but there's no group stage. Um, There is a first and second stage that leads into the knockout stage, which is a round of 16. Boca Juniors and Independiente. Uh, both from Argentina, they're the most successful clubs. They both won it twice. And Independiente de Valle from Ecuador, they're the current title holders. And the winners play, like I just mentioned, the winners of the Copa Libertadores in the Super Cup. And the Super Cup is called the Ricopa Sudamericana. Um, they've had this game since 1989, and it's contested between the winners of Copa Libertadores and the Copa Sudamericana. Boca Juniors from Argentina, the most successful club with four wins, and Flamenco from Brazil are the current title holders. So that is Conmebol in a quick little short sort of nutshell. Um, next week, I will be doing UEFA. <laughs> UEFA is going to take me a, it's a long, there's, there's a lot of teams. Uh, it's kind of like Africa and CAF, um, but I'll try to condense it, you know, make it nice and neat. Um, that is essentially all I have for this week. Oh, there, there's actually a couple, two more things, actually. Um, you know, usually in December, the FIFA has the club world cup to crown the, you know, world club champion, but because of COVID and everything being pushed back, um, FIFA has decided to host it in February of 2021. Um, Qatar is going to be the host and it'll be from the 1st to the 11th of February, and as of right now, there's only two of the seven teams that have qualified. Bayern Munich um, for UEFA because they won the Champions League. And Al Duhal representing the host nation. They're the winners of the 2019-2020 uh, Qatar Stars League. So all the rest of the teams will be determined between now and then from the other confederations. Um, oh, man, I was hoping that we wouldn't even have this this year. That, you know, it was supposed to be 2021 that the, the expanded version of the FIFA Club World Cup was supposed to happen. Oh, I swear COVID is just it's killing me. It's completely messing everything up. Sorry. There's like some that sounds like a tank driving down my street right now. Um yeah, but that's all I got. Um if you are an American, <laughs> this is Thanksgiving week. So and you know it's kind of weird because a lot of people aren't going to get to see family because, you know, there's still worries with COVID. Our numbers are going up still here in Texas. We've like surpassed some crazy milestones. I mean, it's just ridiculous. So hopefully you guys are being safe. I know it's going to be difficult. Christmas is probably going to be even worse. Um, oh, yeah, it, hopefully it gets better, but I think this, this year is a wash. Um, I know how important it is. I'm, I'm having family that's that's coming to visit. You know, they don't live too far from me. I've seen them uh, multiple times since I moved here. Uh, they live in Houston. Um, so they're going to be coming and spending Thanksgiving with us. But they take, you know, a lot of the same precautions that me and my family do. So I'm not like that's why I'm not really worried about, um, you know, anybody getting sick or anything like that. 
but you know anything is possible so hopefully you guys are taking you know the proper precautions and you know doing what you need to do to keep you and your family safe um enjoy you know the thanksgiving holiday there will be american football on on thursday um I'll definitely be watching that. Probably catch a little bit of Europa League as well. Um, you know, we tend to eat Thanksgiving kind of early. You know, I'm making the turkey because I'm pretty much like a turkey making expert unless you're deep frying it. Um, and I plan on having that turkey done at the latest by like 3.30. So we'll be eating dinner no later than 4 o'clock, probably earlier than that. You know, Thanksgiving is one of those things where you eat multiple times. It's such a disgusting holiday. <laughs> I mean, it's great because, you know, you get together with family or whatever, but we just eat entirely too much. It's, it's ridiculous, but I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, so, yeah, a lot of turkey. My mom is coming, so she's going to be doing a lot of the, the other cooking stuff. My wife is making, like, some German dessert. It's going to be great. Um, but, yeah, so I hope you guys get to enjoy it with your family if you celebrate that holiday. Uh, if not, you know... Hopefully you guys have a great week, um, are able to catch some matches and, you know, I don't know, just enjoy your week, stay safe, wash your hands, wash your mask and, you know, hit me up. All the links will be in the show notes. Um, I love hearing from you guys and, uh, I'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening. All right, bye.